Hello, everyone. Welcome to Wine, Women, and Words. I'm Michelle, and with me, of course, is Diana. Hi, Diana. Hello. There's like, I, I need to, I think, farther away. There we go. <laughs> but we like you so close. No. No, my face doesn't like me so close right now. <laughs> I don't know. I look much more tired than I usually do. I don't know. I don't know. What's going on tonight? I know what's going on with me. I've been dealing with, um, apparently because it is uh, tax time, mm -mm. everybody and their grandmother need to get their taxes done, or need to get their uh, estate plans done, and close out their trust administrations and all of that nonsense. Oh, no. I'm so glad we already got our taxes done. I don't have to worry about that. Oh, I still haven't gotten mine done. I'm going to get just under the deadline. I remember, I think it was the first year that we filed our taxes as a married couple and Rich was like, we should, it was like in January, you know, or right after they send up, we got our W-2s uh -huh. and he's like, you know, we should, let's, let's go get our taxes done. And I'm like, why? You don't have to get them done until April. It was like the first time I'd ever really realized that you can do them early. You don't have to wait until April, what's, what is it, April 14th? 15th. So I usually would go before I got married. I would usually go to H and R Block like around April eleventh, twelfth to get it. <laughs> I used to be an early bird when it came to the taxes, and then um, we had to pay a few years. And because of that, I was like, "Yeah, I'm just going to put this off as long as possible," and I <laughs> got to the habit of doing that. So yeah, I, I'm a procrastinator when it comes to taxes. I always get so stressed out, and I don't know why, but just that word, like, gives me, oh, I hate it. You and the rest of the country. <laughs> well, we have decided tonight that we are just, we're going to talk about books and forget about all the stress-inducing stuff yes. happening right now. Books and blogs and wine, because that's what we're good at. Yes, and I, we were just talking before, and I'm pretty much, I think Dark Horse is my new favorite wine. Um, I really like their whites, and this red, it's a Pinot Noir. It's really good. It doesn't have any of the bite that a lot of reds have, and that's why I don't like reds a lot is because I feel like I like wince or like cringe when I swallow reds mm. because of the bite, but this doesn't have it. It's very lovely. Well, tonight I am drinking a Toasted Head uh, Barrel-Aged Chardonnay, um, and I figured it was appropriate tonight because that was my mood for most of the day, <laughs> flames from its mouth. Um, and I'm, I haven't had Toasted Head in a while, and I was surprised by how buttery it is. I don't know if I've ever had it. Every time I say Dark Horse, I think of Bad Horse. Thank and you. Because I have been doing the same thing. Every time well, you say Dark Horse, I want to be like, Bad Horse, Bad Horse. <laughs> Rides across the nation, the thoroughbred of Sid. So if any of you don't know what Bad Horse is, he is the thoroughbred of Sin, and he is the head of the Evil League of Evil, evil, League of evil in Dr. Horrible Singalong blog, which is with Neil Patrick Harris and... Today, thank you. Nathan Fillion. Um, those are the three main characters. Um, 
one of the guys from Big Bang Theory is in it. It is a wonderful little movie. Um, it's so funny. It's a Joss Whedon production, if that tells you anything about the story. And it's funny, it's hilarious. And Michelle and I regularly quote the song to each other. I think recently I think, on Twitter, you and I actually went through and did the whole song back and forth. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think if you go back on Twitter <laughs> somewhere, there is an exchange of us going line by line through the Bad Horse song. Because mm -hmm. I think that out of all of the songs, that's like our song. Um, and Every it's song on... has to have a song. Our song is Bad Horse. And Scotty so doesn't know. Yeah, I was just going to say, and, and I guess my song with you and Ryan is Scotty Doesn't Know. Yes, yes. Because well, <laughs> when I go um, to Europe this uh, this fall, you know I'm good. there's going to be some Scotty yes. Doesn't Know playing just for you. I hope so. And <laughs> I'm still so jealous. So we are reading this month. Well, I'm reading Z by Therese Ann Fowler. Um, and... I am reading Guess on Earth by Lee Smith. So what do you think so far? I'm really enjoying it. I really love uh, the main character whose name I'm just suddenly blanking on because it's so, Evelina. Um, I really, I really like her. The first chapter or so was just, was just a gut punch to really set you up for why she was in uh, the mental institution and what she went through. And that was just, that was rough. And it really wasn't, like, anything. It was the, I guess, her stepfather, technically, just didn't really know what to do with her because she well, wouldn't... Well, imagine her. She's how old? She's just a kid. I don't even think she's even 10 years old at the time. And all of this change that happens where mm -hmm. she goes from having to being just her and her mother with this lovely little life in New Orleans to her and this other guy, they get a house... There's going to be a new baby come along. She, it's, her and her mother are quite bonded, and they're fond of each other. And then the baby dies, and then the mom dies. And for a kid to go through that, and to get picked up, and to be plopped somewhere else, ends up in an orphanage, and goes from the orphanage to the guy's house, and it turns out the guy has this whole other family, and her mother was just a mistress. And what she, she was the one who found her mother when her mother passed away. And to be plopped in there at a kid at such a young age, it's, it's a wonder why she didn't act out more than she did. It's understandable why she behaved the way she did. Oh, totally. I just feel like, I mean, I read it a while ago, so I'm a little hazy on the details, but um, I got the, the feeling that I got from the guy was, he didn't know what to do with her. Like, he, he didn't know how to help her. So he was just like, okay, you're going to this hospital. Where well, I think it was a mixture. He didn't know how to deal with her because it seemed like he was emotionally immature is what it feels like in those first oh, yeah. chapters. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, he's got a whole other family. And, um, and I think he also was guilt-ridden because he realizes that all this crap is his fault. If he hadn't met her mother, they hadn't done what they had done, her, her mother would still be alive and she'd still have her lovely little life in New Orleans. Um, but I think I felt like it was more his wife's doing, where his wife oh, was yeah. like, 
you, I mean, who's going to want their mistress's kid living with them? Um, or their husband's mistress's kid. That's Can you just. imagine that conversation? Like, honey, we really need to help this little girl. Don't ask me how I know her, but we need to help her. Oh, at that point, you've got to fess up. You've got to be like, so I was stepping out on you, mm -hmm. and so she died, and yeah, I'm taking her kid in. Well, I'm not that much more uh, thrilled with uh, F. Scott Fitzgerald in this book. Um, and I, I watched Z on Amazon, so I watched the series already, or the first season, I guess I should say. And the entire time, I, since I started reading this book, um, I read it in Christina Ricci's voice. <laughs> I had it on audiobook, and so when, and this was before the show came out, like they did the, uh, the pilot, and then it, like a year later, the show came out, and I listened to the book on audio, and I pictured Christina in my head when, as, and I figured she, I pictured her as my narrator. If I couldn't get her voice, I got her her picture in my head. Well, I love it. I have um, a few quotes already written down that I really like from the book, and um, nothing. I'm not too far into it yet, um, but the first thing that happened that made me really that, that was the first moment of like oh my god you are so selfish was, <laughs> he really was a selfish person he was selfish oh and just, of, and just like, of other people in general it was the scott show it was it really was and it was um the first time was when he got his his rejection letter and he was like oh oh i'm a failure i'm done and Okay, do you know how many rejection letters authors get before their work is published? Like, buck up. Right? I just, I have to keep, but, you know, I have to keep telling myself that, too. I'm like, okay, I haven't even broken 100 yet for my rejection letter, so we'll see how it goes. Didn't, um, I mean, how many rejections did J.K. Rowling get before Harry Potter was published? It was a ridiculous number. There's so many, like, you know, here, I'll look it up real fast so that we can see. But, and the other moment while you look that up that made me just kind of want to reach into the pages and smack Scott around a little bit was when she told him that she might be pregnant when they, before they got married. Um, oh. And he was coming down to visit her in Montgomery. And she said she might be pregnant. And he was like, right off the bat, like, oh, well, you're, you're going to handle that. And it wasn't, we're not ready, or, you know, it's, it was him. I can't, that, that will ruin my career, and I won't be able to focus on being a writer, and I need this. Like, okay, well, there's two of you, and Lily is awake. <laughs> <laughs> I just heard the gate open. There she is. <laughs> oh, no. What is the matter? Come here. Hi. Okay. So. <laughs> hey, Lily. She's like not even awake. She's oh. she's sleepwalked, sleepwalked down here, and now she's gonna go back to sleep. That's okay. You've got her on your shoulder. I've got Lilo on my lap. 
we both have our babies. Yep. So it doesn't say how many she got, but she said she got loads, is what she said. Well, loads is definitely like, I would say more than 100, maybe? Definitely more than 100. I mean, I've had, I've read some stuff where like one author was like, I mean, I got so many rejection letters that I could form my own curtain out of the letters. Um, oh my God. Yeah, so, yeah, he... He was petty in a lot of ways in that regards. And I'm kind of bummed that the show didn't go into his the the abortion aspect of it. His his push to to not have a kid until he was established. And that's really what it was, where he I felt like in a lot of ways he had this idea that he had a certain lifestyle that he wanted to live, that he wanted to have for him and for Zelda and a certain image that he wanted Zelda to have. And he wasn't, I don't think he was ready for the kids until he could have that set, um, that set look within society. Like he had this grandiose idea that he was going to be this rich man. He wasn't going to be a failure like his father. Um, So I think that's what drove him a lot with the family thing. And just that petty childish stuff was just, doesn't get any better. Really doesn't. He he's just he's remarkably insecure for a man who puts on, on such a confident mm-hmm. uh, uh, air. I guess mm-hmm. he's so insecure. Oh, I agree. I agree. I think he was extremely insecure, which that plays out more. But I, you know, their relationship in and of itself is what that book really exemplifies as their it felt like there were two really bright suns that were attracted to each other. And as soon as they would touch, they would just explode. Mm. They burned each other out, really, was what it comes down to. I can tell that this book is probably going to piss me off a few times. Yeah, it took me. It wasn't until recently that I was able to actually pick up um, anything written by Ernest Hemingway. So tonight. Oh, before we go on, I I wanted to put a little more on Death on Earth. Um, What (laughs) I really like about Death on Earth is her depiction of mental illness and um, its treatment in the 1920s. Um, (coughs) Oh, sorry. That went down the wrong way. (laughs) I really like that. I liked how she had the opportunity to turn it into a. A carnival of freaks, really, when you, when it comes down to it at the mental hospital. And instead, yeah. she was, you've got these real people with these real issues, and they didn't all stay the whole time. They went home, they came back, and it was it's much more realistic and uh, heartfelt a look. I love all the characters in it. I love, I forget his name, but the, have you met the boy? That yes, yes. I love was him. it Rogers or? It's, uh, I read it last year sometimes, so I'm definitely fuzzy. Um, Robert. Robert, yes. But I just love him. Yeah. I actually but, I actually highlighted a passage. I'm highlighting in this book. I'm I know. I'm enjoying it so much, I'm highlighting in it. Um, which, it was a really astute observation on Zelda, which I think we have to take into consideration for both of these books. Um, and it's actually on page 57 in the book 
where she says, um, it says, for there was, an, was the oddest thing about Mrs. Fitzgerald then and always, and this is when I first realized it, she never looked the same from one day to another. Truly, she was like a salamander or a lizard, shedding its skin or like a chameleon, changing its color constantly. She never, ever looked the same. And it goes on, and I highlighted this whole big section of it. I mean, you can see mm -hmm. how, how much I highlighted. It's like half a page. <laughs> I don't know if the orange shows wow. up. But yeah, it's so that. true that when you look at, and there's going to be movies about Zelda coming up in addition to the show. But when you go and you look up Zelda online and uh, her pictures, no two pictures really look the same of her when you Google her. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was like there was someone like, okay, this kind of looks how I pictured Zelda. And then it was like, wait, are you sure this is Zelda? I'd have to go back and check to make sure that picture was actually Zelda because she never truly looked the same in most of her pictures. I, I don't know very much about her just from what the series and what I'm – read in guess you know and guess on earth and what I'm reading now but I kind of get the impression that she was never really herself she was who she thought society wanted her to be like when she was young she was the wild child because mm -hmm. that well actually then it wasn't what society wanted her to be uh -huh. that was what she yeah. wanted she wanted to go against it but then everyone loved it so much and she got all the attention for it that it kind of like well i think in a lot of ways she liked the attention she liked oh she definitely loved she it. wanted to be a star like you would have like a reality star today i think she would have totally been a reality star if given the opportunity i um, think they were like the first reality couple i think <laughs> like so. of the day yeah and i think in a lot of ways she was what scott wanted her to be she was what well other everybody else wanted her to be and i think part of her issues that she ends up having is because she can never truly be who she wanted to be and who she really was mm -hmm. i think it's, it's really sad i think her story is really sad it is and i can't wait to have lynn and Therese in because i'm like okay i've already got like three questions all set up just about zelda in and of herself i'm like it's gonna be like so let's talk about this mental illness thing Let's talk about this, um, and let's talk about that asshole Ernest. Um, well, and that's what I love so much about these books is that they kind of like um, buffer up against each other. Yeah. Because this doesn't go into when she is, um, or like it doesn't go into detail in her time in the mental institutions, right? She it goes into some like the ones in Europe. We get to see the ones in Europe. Um, but not and the one that she died in. No, no, we don't because Scott <laughs> dies before she does, I believe. If I yeah. remember correctly. And then she yeah. And she dies in, you know, obviously in this one. because um, that's she ends up dying in a mental institution. So, um, yeah, she dies afterwards. So it'll be interesting. And seeing the different facets and the different takes on it is always really fascinating. And I think what's really cool about guests on earth is that she's not the protagonist she's a supporting character yes and it's interesting that it's even though she's not the protagonist seeing it through evelina's eyes and seeing some of her her outbursts mm -hmm. and her you know she she embraces evelina but there's been times where it's like she you see some of that um not want to say violent outbursts but those those outbursts where she's just mentally not there 
and you could see how she wound up being there in some in some regards. And to see it from, or to read about it from a third party perspective rather mm -hmm. than reading about it in the first person, because that's mm -hmm. essentially all we can do mm -hmm. is, you know, read the accounts of what happened and kind of speculate as to, you know, how it actually went down versus imagining how it might be from her perspective. Mm -hmm. So I just, I think, it, I think this is going to be a really interesting conversation with both authors. Absolutely. I'm excited about it. Absolutely. I mean, we're already having really interesting discussions about these books too. Mm -hmm. So guys, for next week, for me, you need to read chapters five through, I'm going to say nine. And for me, just keep reading. <laughs> um, there are five parts. So, and I didn't even see for the in the beginning. Um, oh, I didn't even see the quotes in the beginning. I just started reading when I did. Oh, there's actually a picture of the Highland Hospital in the very beginning. Like and that's that, actually um, not too far from where my mom lives in North Carolina, I think. Ooh, that'd be interesting to go see. So there are 52 chapters in mine. So just read. Just, just read. <laughs> <laughs> just go. I mean, um, now I get the I guess, on our third thing, because I didn't even see this, um, this, these quotes here, but uh, interesting, F. Scott said to his daughter Scotty, the insane are always mere guests on earth, eternal strangers carrying around broken decollages that they cannot read. So, I, interesting, this is such an interesting book. I have a really hard time picturing them as parents, so. I'm, oh, it'll be interesting once you get to that perspective. Yeah. I was She's actually a devoted mother. I'm sure. I, I guess I should say I'm have a hard time picturing him as a father because I, mm. I can see her like settling down and, and taking care of the kids. I, I don't really see that paternal nature to Scott. <clears throat> so yes, it'll be interesting. <sighs> hi, Lily. Can I say hi. No. You're gonna have all right. So, so moving well, on. Tonight, we are. Can you scoot over so Mama's not blocked? Thank you. Tonight we are talking. We're venturing a little bit outside of our usual territory. We're going into blogs. Mm -hmm. um, of course, you know Diana writes a blog, and I've tried several. I think there was like four or five blogs that I've been <laughs> floating in the interwebs somewhere, <clears throat> but I just didn't have the um, dedication, I guess, to keep it going. But we're going to talk about some blogs that we follow and that we love reading. Um, I, when it comes to blogs, I started blogging in 2013, roughly. Um, it seems like it was just yesterday, um, but really, when you think about it, that's like four years ago that I started blogging. You were blogging way before that because didn't you have the strawberries field one before? That's not four years ago. Really? 2013, yeah. Oh, for some reason, I thought it was a lot 
earlier than that. Yeah, well, <laughs> welcome to my world. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a lifestyle blog that I started and was doing, and then um, I really fell in love with the, with the blogging world and the blogging community. Um, I've made friends to the blogging community. Um, I find it really rewarding, and as a writer, it's really great because I was able to find my voice uh, through blogging and um, just really practice my and honing my skills. <clears throat> I, I text Diana and told her that she's not allowed to say her blog on the list because her blog is on my list. <laughs> but um, it is my favorite blog of all time. So, um, of course, uh, we've talked about it before, but Diana does a blog called Creating Her Story. And it's going to sound like a shameless plug right now, but it's not. Um, <laughs> That's okay. We're not above shameless plugs. Okay. Um, so, basically... I mean, I guess you could tell what the gist is, but I'm going to tell them what I like about it. I'm going to, um, yeah, I'm going to let you talk about me. <laughs> is and has been for a very long time my go-to book recommendation person. Um, now, since we started Wine, Win, and Wine, Women, and Words, I've gotten back into reading a lot more. There was a period of time that I wasn't reading very much. Um, so I little ones, so you had enough on your plate. Yeah, and now you know, now that I figure out how to juggle it a little bit better, I can read more often. Um, but Diana was always my my go to, or I would text her and say, "I I need a book. What can I read?" So her blog became like my her book reviews became my reading list. So for a very very long time. Uh, whatever Diana said was gold as far as book recommendations. Um, and the her story side of it and all the women that she talks about on the blog, I kind of, I see the pre-production side of it because we usually talk about it and um, she'll text and we'll bounce ideas back and forth. But I've learned about so many women that I've never heard of before um, from her blog that it's just, it's really educational and it's fun. And my to be read list is unending because <laughs> of it. Yes. Well, I started creating her story when I started, um, I had already started writing Anita and, uh, you know, every author is supposed to have a blog. They're supposed to have something out there to help promote themselves. And you never, when you, especially when you're just getting started, you don't want to have um, a blog solely about your writing. So I, at first I was going to be just Italian women's history because that's my specialty. But then, oh, there were just so many different interesting women out there that I started connecting the women to the books that I read. Um, like I actually started, I think one of my first, my first um, bio that I did was, um, Oh, the um, the Romanov queen that got killed. I'm forgetting her name. Um, Anastasia's mother. Oh, I read uh, Secret Daughter of the Tsar. Hmm, sounds familiar. Huh? I said, hmm, sounds familiar. I know. I wonder who wrote that. Um, so, yeah, I read that was one of the first uh, reviews that I did. Um, and then I did a, um, I did a bio on um, Anastasia's uh, mom 
and to connect and I was like wow this is actually really fun and really interesting I want to keep up with this and then I think Erin was the first person I interviewed for creating her story I I I I love the A to Z that you do every year and every March when you start talking about it I'm like I'm gonna do that too and it happens. <laughs> a to Z is so much work because um, I start planning A to Z uh, a year out and basically for those of you who aren't in the know um, April A to Z is blogging from A to Z every day you have to write a blog based around um, the alphabet so for example um, Letter A was Anna May Wong, and I wrote a bio on her, and then I recommended some books based on Anna. Um, B was Amelia Bloomer. C was uh, Madame Chewy. Um, D was Mercedes de Acosta. And so I'm having to find women who correspond with the letters of the alphabet and write about them. And it's really rewarding, really challenging. Last year, I was four short before I failed. Um, this year, I'm actually going to finish. By God, I will finish it. <laughs> What's the letter that's the most difficult to find? Um, this year, it was you. Really? Um, yeah. Um, last yeah. year, I think it was I. I had the worst time trying to find somebody with I. Um, How do you Google that? Like, historic you women. That's why I started a year in advance, and I in my little bullet journal, I have a graph. And as I come across interesting women, then I'm like, ooh, I'd like to write about them uh, for April A to Z. I'll actually set their name, write their name in the little chart and fill in the alphabet. And this year I was like four or five letters short before the start of the um, well, start of April A to Z. And oh, Q was a hard one for me this year. Um, I had so I had asked for help on that one. Um, but yeah, I is Isabella Lucy Bird. So I do first names and last names because I am not going to torture myself. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't limit myself to last names or first names or yeah anything like that. Hello, you are back. Yes. So, well, what is one of what are one of your blogs? One of my blogs is. Um, I'm going to go for my first one I'm going to mention is going to be Amanda's nose in a book. Hmm. Another have, one that might sound familiar. <laughs> we're going to have um, the links for these, by the way, on the Facebook page and on our um, podcast page. I'll probably fill them in on our YouTube page, too, so that, that you guys can go ch check them out and read them. Um, Amanda's nose in a book is all about writing and books and all things fun and literature-based. Um, and it's funny because Amanda and I became friends because when I first, even before I actually started writing Anita, I was playing around with the project. And she was like, hey, I need a beta reader. And I'd already been following her stuff and I liked her, her writing. And I was like, I could be a beta reader for you. You could be a beta reader for me. And that was like about two, three years ago. And we've been like good friends ever since. Oh, I don't think I realized that you guys met through blogging. I thought that you guys already, already knew each other. I met, well, met. Di uh, Amanda through Diana, but we haven't actually met. <clears throat> yeah, Amanda and I haven't met either. And funny thing is, she's from the same area of New York that I grew up in. Um, so we're, uh, yeah, we met through the blog. And that's why I said the blogging community is so great because you make friends and build up friendships with people that you haven't met yet. 
based on your writing. Interesting. See, all this makes me really want to start a blog, but I know that I'll, you know, create it and come up with an awesome name for it and do like two posts and that'll be it. <laughs> but I mean the the mommy blog it universe is ridiculously huge. Oh yeah. And it has so. like like the sarcastic mommy universe and then the like super nutritious and clean living mommy universe and there are all these subcategories, and it's it's a, like I don't know. I, I if I were to subscribe to a subcategory, I would probably be the sarcastic mom. Mm, I can see that. Um, but none of my blogs. I don't actually read any mommy blogs. You could totally oh, do wow. the, uh, but the bookworm mom. Yeah, maybe I'll create my own subcategory. Yeah, you could totally do the like bookworm mom, and you could also do book reviews on kids' books and things. True story. Ooh, ooh, ideas, right? ideas. I know, I know. Uh -huh. <laughs> this is why I love talking about books for an hour once a week. <clears throat> <laughs> um, so my other blog, oh, one of my other blogs, um, since we're talking about mommy blogs, um, the only non-book-related blog on my list is called Homefield Dad. And it's actually a stay-at-home dad who blogs about his life as a stay-at-home dad. Um, I found this blog. He originally had an old blog. And when I was looking for him tonight um, on to, to find what the name of his blog was, I couldn't find him. It's been a really long time since I, I read his posts. But um, I had a blog eons ago that I actually posted pretty regularly too and we started following each other's blogs and commenting but um, his current blog is called Home Field Dad and he has like three kids he's a stay-at-home dad and it's just like sarcastic mommy like he has the sarcastic dad thing down pat <laughs> and he's just very funny to read and very relatable for stay-at-home parents, but it's also kind of like a fresh perspective since he's a dad that stays at home versus a mom. So you kind of see things dif through different eyes that even though you can relate to the, if, if you're a parent, you can relate to the same situations, but it's just through different eyes. So he's a lot of fun to read. Mm -hmm. I like him. <laughs> Not like, like him, but I like his writing. We get it. We understand. <laughs> Just drink more wine. Lily, tell mommy drink more wine. We're going to teach you that phrase. Drink more wine. Her eyes are open, but she is not awake. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell because she's not quite as talkative as she normally is. I mean, she. we have Twilight Sparkle here. Oh, and, so pretty. And her comb. So we're brushing her hair, but we're not actually interacting in the human species fine, yeah. she's happy that's all that matters so for my non since we're talking lifestyle um blogs my non-book blog the only one that i have on here um is called a beautiful mess uh, besides the fact that i just love that title um that's the one i go to for like craft ideas recipe ideas um they post some travel guides 
um, all sorts of really neat and interesting things on there. And yeah, what's life but a beautiful mess? I love blog names. Like some people, I, I would love to interview people who have like huge, major, successful blogs and go, how did you come up with your name? Like, because that's one of the hardest things of a blog is you want to create a catchy name that people will remember, but that's not mm -hmm. too complicated. Mm -hmm. And creating her story is genius because that, you know, it describes exactly what you're doing and mm -hmm. exactly what your blog is about. Mm -hmm. I wanted something to be with, you know, history related and I wanted her story instead of history so that, you know, you had that designation that it's a women's history. And then creating her story was just a matter of, you know, playing around with words and these, and I'm focusing on women who make history. So it just kind of stuck. And I was really thankful that nobody else had thought of it. <laughs> and that's because the other idea that, that, uh, that like, oh crap, this would be a really great name for a blog. And then, oh gee, somebody else already has it. Right? Like, and that's the other problem is you can finally think of something and it's like, oh, well, this name isn't available. How about this? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah, I've been going through helping my dad create his blog. And so it was a matter of, okay, let's let's think of some names and let's Google them. Oh, that's taken. How about this? Oh, no, that's taken. Well, I remember when we were trying to start a blog once upon a time, and we had lists and lists and lists, and every single thing that we tried was taken. And it was like beyond frustrating. <laughs> was it a blog you and I started tried to start? Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't even remember that. That was a long time ago. Oh, okay. Um and then we ended up with Wine Women and Words, which I mean, talk about names. This name totally fits. It does. It's a little long. Uh, I didn't think about it from a hashtag perspective on Twitter because it takes up <laughs> a lot of the one hundred and forty characters, but it works. And interestingly, there is a Wine Women and Words book club. I know, I, I came across it, I think on, I think on Instagram, when I, I hit our hashtag and came up with other ones. But they don't post as often as we do. No, no, I don't think they're social media active as we are, which is okay, but even if they still happen, you know what, that's perfectly fine. They're, they are our sisters. Right? Yes. <laughs> We share the same core values of books and wine. <laughs> right, we can we can grow, we can like merge and expand. Right, right. <clears throat> so if you're listening, find us on Twitter. <coughs> <laughs> um, the other, so my other two blogs on my list, um, we do have to. I'm going to pause right here. Technically not a blog, but it is a vlog, a video blog. Um, a couple months ago, we had Julie K. Rose on our show. She was the author of Dino's Crown, and we absolutely loved her. And, well, and I mean, really, how can you not love Julie? I had her for my, um, at Boca de Oro for my literary festival, and she's just all kinds of lovely. I am. I really wish I could meet these authors um, in person. But she does writing tutorials on uh, video tutorials on 
how to write. And one of my favorite ones that I watched was how to write um, like locations. And she and, does such a fabulous job with locations. And she, uh, I mean, the, the thing that kind of blew my mind that's kind of obvious, but I never really thought of using it was using Google Maps, like the street view. Yes. yes. And kind of like dri driving through the streets of wherever you're trying to write about. And the fact that she, I mean, Let's take Dido's Crown because that's the book that we read or that I've read of hers. Um, she described Tunisia like she had been there. And the mm -hmm. fact that she based her writing solely on like other books, Landon is awake. Um, the fact that she based her writing solely on research and reading other books and like Google Street View. That's crazy. Yeah. Why do you do that with Anita? Um, was because I mean I'm a poor writer. I can't afford to go fly down to southern Brazil and to Uruguay to do this research. Yeah. I mean, if only. Um, so you know, when they're I'm looking at these exotic destinations I've never been to. So I had to use Google uh, Street Maps, and for some of my areas, there was no such thing as Google Street Maps. So I just had to do like just definite like Google picture searches to get an idea of what the landscape was and what the city was like and everything. And it is, you know, really great concept and idea. Google's a wonderful thing for writers. And unfortunately, I, when I watched that video, I thought, oh, that is such a great idea. And then I realized, well, that's not going to help me because mm, <laughs> I can't, scratch. Oh, I can't Google Maps Oz and and find out what it looks like. I dare you to. I wonder if something comes up for it. I might have to try it just to see what happens. Or, um, you know, if you have an idea, location in your head, what you could always do is like um, inspiration for yeah, And you can look at that, you know, different locations to help you build up that. Yeah, that's one of my things. I have like this, um, this little notebook, like that big, and I write edit ideas um, for like scenes that I want to add in or um, character developments that I think of that I want to add in when I go through on, on my rewrite. And one of them is world building. I want to have to build the world a little bit better. So that's going to be a challenge. Yeah, world building is always a challenge, whether it's uh, historical fiction or fantasy or science fiction or current day, because you want to be able to place that writer right in that story. And you have to build a world to encapsulate them in it. Now, one of the things um, my husband has suggested is to go in and create like a new character or a new player or whatever on World of Warcraft and like build the world from scratch there so I can get an idea of what it's like. And he I just can, wants you to play World of Warcraft with him. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? That won't. That doesn't hurt. I'm sure that's that sounds like a great idea, actually, to help I, you get into practice for creating a world. I used to play The Sims a lot to help me create and think and create and stuff. I remember The Sims. Um, but you know that could be like a, a fun couples thing to do is is build Oz on World of Warcraft.
Yes, and watch as Dorothy just goes on killing screen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm still not a World of Warcraft girl. I'm an Xbox girl. I'm a shoot 'em up, um, Assassin's Creed, let me stab you in the gut kind of girl. Uh, I've tried, but you know how on the controller you have like one thumb controls your view and one thumb controls your movement? Mm -hmm. I'm the person that ends up twirling in circles, staring up at the sky. <laughs> I don't know if it's because I played guitar growing up as a kid, but the ambidextrous stuff for me comes really easily. Like the knitting, knitting is easier for me than crochet because crochet is more one-handed. Knitting super is easier for me because it's ambidextrous like that. Um, doing the game controls. Cause it's like, okay, yeah, I can do this. And then I'm like moving all these, I, I still kind of button mash. But I'm like doing all these fancy things with my with my thumb to get the proper movements. I mean, I can if I go slowly. So we'll play like on Call of Duty when you're in the um, I don't know what it's called when you're on like teams and it's one team versus the other. We'll do the two player one. So, but we're on opposite teams. So I'll like be like you know, moseying down the street looking for him, and I'll see him, like, run circles around me before shooting me. So you're that little girl on the playground where everybody else was playing soccer. You were picking flowers. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I do. If, if I – well, I've stopped trying to play, but when I would try to play, I was like, well, I'm just going to explore and see see what, what this place is all about because – I, I clearly, you expect me to like be able to aim and shoot at people when I can't even walk down the street? No, not gonna happen. No, I'm one of those people where I have to go treasure hunting for everything. There, I leave no chest or urn unmolested uh, during my gameplay. Um, and that's when I start playing Fallout, and that's one of the things I love about it. I'm like, oh, I could go raiding through all these different drawers. This is so awesome. Uh, but I'm kind of currently stuck in Fallout, and I'm not sure if I'm going to continue playing it or not, because I think if I continue playing with it, my controller is going to end up through a window. Uh, so we'll see. <laughs> I like watching games. Like, I'll watch them being be played and be like, oh, go over there, or I saw someone over there. Go look over there. But I can't play them. I'm terrible. <laughs> so next blog, whose turn is it? Is it my turn? Um, I think so, because I was talking about Julie's blog. blog. Okay. Uh, my next one is called If I Only Had a Time Machine. And I like this one because, I mean, obviously it's history. And I need to learn about history. Um, every day I'm learning something new about history, and I love this one. Uh, she's doing April A to Z as well. And most of the other ones I have listed from this point on are all doing April A to Z too. Um, but yeah, all sorts of different areas of history and whatnot. Um, so she and I have talked about doing a collaboration. I have to hit her up and see if she wants to do one again. Um, but it's you know it's a fun history book, a history blog where I get to learn stuff. I like um, the blogs that um, that I have on my list. They're also I I think both of them are doing April A to Z also. So it's kind of one of those things that even though there's so many blogs out there, it's still a pretty tight-knit community within each, like, you know, each niche. So obviously, like, the book world, uh, book blogging, it's still pretty close, a pretty small world, even though there's, like, a million blogs out there. Mm -hmm. 
Um, another one of my books or blogs, <laughs> um, it's called um, Bookshelf Fantasies. Oh yeah, Lisa's. Oh, so you knew her. <laughs> I knew her. Yes. Um, what I love about hers, um, this might sound like really type A personality, but I like how she has it set up where each day of the week has something. So she does like Monday check-in, top 10 Tuesday, shelf control Wednesday. Um, I forget what she does on Thursday. Uh, um, quotable Thursdays. Quotable Thursdays. Thank you. And I really liked her quotes from for this week. Um, but... It's, you know, if, if I were to start a blog again, I feel like that kind of structure would help keep me on track. Um, I have to have that kind of structure for mine to keep me on track. Like, I've got uh, the Sunday Post, um, which is hosted directly through the Caffeinated Book Reviewer. And uh, with the Caffeinated, and so I link up with them, and I get, you know, blog connection through them. That's totally... <laughs> <laughs> River moved. Huh? River moved. So. Ah, gotcha. Um. So yeah, I I I like that structure, and I used to do top ten Tuesday as well. Um, but yeah, I like Lisa's blog. She's I learned a lot about blog, book blogging and stuff through her blog by watching and reading her blog. And uh, well, yeah, I'm gonna say, I'll unshamelessly say or shamelessly say yes, I copied her on some things because it worked so well. Well, I like, and she has a section on her blog called the um, Book Blog Meme Directory. Yes, so, I love that. Which is a, such a great resource for other bloggers, and it's a ton of other, um, other things like Top 10 Tuesday mm -hmm. or Quotable Thursday. It's a list of every day of the week the mm -hmm. other things that you can do. And they're all linked out to other blogs. So once you start doing it, you can link out to other blogs and start growing your community that way, which I think is really neat. The memes to do to do that are so great to get things started. Um, I, I stopped doing Top 10 Tuesdays just because you know, I was already doing Sunday Post. And I just I think I needed to take a break from the Top 10 Tuesday. And so many other blogs did it that it wasn't really I didn't find it meaningful enough for me. Mm -hmm. um, plus, a lot of young adult book bloggers. There's a big young adult book blogging community out there, and a lot of them did it. And I am not a young adult book blog. Um, so it's just kind of like, yeah, I'll need to take a break from this. Which is funny, because there was a point in time that you and I were reading a lot of young adult books. And I think part of it was I got tired of them, because it was the same shit, different book. True. Yes, Lily, I said a bad word. Do not listen to what I said. You heard the train? Okay, okay she heard yes, the train. You heard the train. Yeah. You didn't hear the yes word. You heard the train. Okay, she has <laughs> Anthony is going to give you quite the vocabulary tonight. We're going to learn the phrase, you need to drink more wine, <laughs> and then the yes word on top of that. Yeah, mommy's going to love Aunt Diana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mommy may has I've slept a few times and she has heard the sh word and other words on occasion, <laughs> but she has not repeated them yet. So huh. give it time. She she has repeated freaking. <laughs> you know because, I, I'm really bad because I, I think it's hilarious when kids swear. Um, 
but that's just me and that's also why i don't have kids um <laughs> she has heard me say this freaking dog for we've when... had to say that a lot because of river well when we lived in our house in san diego we had all these huge hedges in our backyard that when river was a puppy well he's still a puppy but when river was little he would go behind the hedges and stay there and he wouldn't come out and which w would have been fine ordinarily but i would always get freaked out that he would stay out stay there and then dig under the fence and go into our neighbor's backyard um which was a very valid possibility mm -hmm. and i would try to get him out and the whole time i would be sitting there going oh my gosh this freaking dog and i'm not saying the whole sentence because she has repeated the whole sentence so that's why i'm spelling the last part. <laughs> wait until she learns how to spell i know then i just have to stop talking <laughs> good luck but anyway um i have one more blog do you have how many blogs do you have left um three okay then you go because we're almost out of time okay um well, i'll do two then um uh, read all the things is a fun mm -hmm. blog another book blog um, and as you guessed it they read all the things so it's a really fun I enjoy um, her book reviews um, books and revolution um, that's another great book uh, book blog that I like and then there was another oh there was a one that I forgot um, blue eyes or gosh um, her name's Haley Pagel uh, or Pagel, I'm probably butchering her last name, and for that I apologize. Um, two, these two blue eyes, I believe, is what her um, her blog is called. And she's, and it's interesting, she's doing April A to Z, but she's doing flash fiction. Awesome. I keep, I'm thinking maybe next year I might do that. Change it up, because this is the second year that I've done this. Darcy's baby. No, the baby's sleeping. Yeah, that's what you want your cup? Go get it. Um, the last blog that I have is called Guiltless Reading. Go get fresh water. That water is old. Ask Daddy to help you. Yeah, two blue eyes is her name. <clears throat> um, it's called Guiltless Reading. So what I really like about her as a blogger, as a person, is the reason she started this blog. She grew up, um, I believe either in or outside the Philippines. And when she grew up, when she was a kid, she loved reading, but there was no public library system. So she was like, she would scrounge for enough money to buy a book or she would borrow books from other people that she knew. And then she moved, I wanna say she moved to Canada because the uh, link to her blog has a .ca. Mm -hmm. So I'm pretty sure she lives in Canada. And she said the first thing that she did when she moved there was uh, she got a, a card to the public library because she grew up without a public library. So I just thought that was like so cool that yeah. that was like the first thing that she did um, was get access to millions of free books. Mm -hmm. um, public libraries are important. They are. Mm -hmm. um, and she, and I really like the way that she does her book reviews. Um, she kind of like, she does a summary of them and then she does a little section called My Two Cents and she like does her take on what she thought of the book and then 
the last section is her verdict and whether, you know, what if she ultimately really liked it. Um, her last post was about the goldfinch by, oh my gosh. Oh, I know the name. I read the book. Dana Bartlett, something like that. I think I have it over here. It's somewhere. It won the, Pul the Pulitzer Prize, right? Yeah. Yeah, my goal is to actually read all of the books in the Pulitzer Prize list. So I know. I, I looked at that list the other day because I know that you're doing that. And I was like, I'm going to do that too, but I don't know if I'm going to do that. You should totally do it. Um, it it's really helped me as an author because um, you have, that's why you have the greats. Uh, they they are picked for a reason. Like mm -hmm. All the Light We Cannot See was on that list. Those appeal oh, to so one off the list. Huh? I said so I can check one off the list. Exactly. Um, nice. but there are some really great books on there that I absolutely adore. Uh, Middlesex um, was a phenomenal book that stayed with me since I've read it. And it really taught me how to be a writer by reading those books. Maybe. We'll see. I I'm have about a... halfway through and it's one of those one of those things where if you read them all um, you still never finish because every year there's going to be a new one. Oh darn, more books that I have to buy. My, my father actually finished the whole thing and he was actually, it was right when I first started writing way, way back when and I was having some problems with developing and he's like, you know what, you should do this. You should read these. Make a point of reading them all. I love that. And there are still some stories that I will always tell you that you need to go back and finish. Oh, and To Kill a Mockingbird is on there. Okay, so two. I think that's two, two that yeah. Well, I believe we are at our hour. Okay. So, but thank you all for watching, and uh, thank you for our unexpected co-host for being so good because you rocked tonight. You are an adorable co-host. You're our co-host in training, aren't you, Lily? Can you say bye? No? Okay. <laughs> well, thanks everyone for watching and we'll see you next week. Yes, see you all next week. Bye! Bye.